from behind home plate, your Orioles talk, section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Gentlemen, boys and gals, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Burt Rohde. What up, 336ers? And the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty good. Good. I'm glad you guys all decided to show up. I'm glad there was no surprised retirements from the section 336 show glad we're all here hello i don't I, I don't know if at any point it would be called an early retirement now i think we've gone too far yeah I, our, our podcast careers have lasted longer than andrew luck's nfl career <laughs> i don't think that math quite works out but yes yeah we're at the point now and there's some teachers like this that i teach with who are like people whisper like probably should have retired two years ago can't hear the kids anymore really tone deaf has no idea what's going on i feel like that's us in this podcast probably should have retired two years ago but we're still hanging on yeah i remember uh emma had a teacher who needed a microphone to talk to her kids even though there were only like 20 kids in her class i I had a teacher like that in high school yeah that's a sign you got to retire we were 10 kids in the class and he used the microphone yeah it's ridiculous but he had lung cancer it's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> that, that, that's a passing excuse. Yeah. But he was still in there chugging every single day. Bless his heart. Well, well, what do you think about the Colts fans booing uh, as they found out he was retiring? Yeah, this story is so fantastic. We could spend the whole episode talking about Andrew Luck's retirement. Right. I know it's not Baltimore, but come on, Orioles sports sucks, kind of, except for this weekend. We got to talk about it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite stories of the year. And it's one of my favorite stories, and we can talk about whether Andrew Luck should have retired or not, or you know how we feel about that. But my favorite part is the fan reaction. I don't know exactly how this worked. That Andrew Luck was play was like at the game, suited up when it was leaked that he was retiring, which is just a weird situation, right? Yeah. So it was right. it was preseason game, so he was on the sideline. He wasn't playing because he hasn't. Per- practice or played anything yet he's coming back from an but isn't it weird that you've already told the team you're retiring but you still are at the game is that not a little bit weird i i guess it's just uh hey we're going to announce it tomorrow right, but someone found it type thing and uh someone decided that they were going to leak it early Schefter, i think right well Schefter got the news but someone leaked it to him right right um but anyway the 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 initial reaction with the booing which from from my standpoint is an appropriate response when kind of the best player in your franchise just in that peak of his career decides to retire and you just read it on your phone. I think the immediate reaction is to be upset because you're a fan and this is upsetting news if you're a Colts fan. Yeah, and the timing sucks for Colts fans because they were expecting to have a pretty good season with Andrew Luck coming back. Yeah, Yeah, but this is great for Twitter because everyone on Twitter loves to gloat 
and loves to sound like they're morally superior to other people. So my favorite part is then everybody went on Twitter and just crushed uh, the fans for, for booing, even though they would have done the same right. thing in that position. Even though they're they're booing Chris Davis constantly. Yeah. Um, I saw, and I think his name is Doug Gottlieb. Um, he had a tweet saying this is the most millennial thing to do to 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 to, to retire instead of um, oh, to working retire. back from injury. Yeah, I, I saw lots of people saying he was. Soft. Yeah, well, I thought that was hilarious to call him. This is a millennial thing. Like I thought it was a funny tweet, but I've never seen someone get murdered on Twitter, mur- murdered on Twitter as much as Doug Gottlieb got murdered by Troy Aikman, <laughs> by Tory Smith, just by a bunch right, of NFL not, players, just murdered. Not millennials. Because the retiring is not a millennial move. Because it means he actually wants to take care of his body and think about his family and his future and well-being. But I, a millennial move is to live in like the moment. You don't think it's millennial to give up? I don't think he's given up. I think, I think, of, like, I think of friend of the show, Dominique Foxworth, yeah. who realized that after his knee surgery and all that, he was going to have this limp the rest of his life. And that he wanted to focus on family and kids that he made it. Yeah, money. but but somebody like Dominic Foxworth isn't walking away from Andrew. No, Luck obviously, money. it's he's not. But at what point is uh, there his money enough money? Yeah, I mean that's and Andrew the, Luck determined that he had enough. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. They're you know projected you know lifetime career. You know he's looking at another contract extension or free agency. He still has a long career ahead of him. Yeah. He's he's walking away from something like fifty million dollars. Oh, oh, easily, easily between right. fifty to a hundred million. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And how much of that can he make up on TV? He can make some of that up. Well, and I remember Curtis Martin because if 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 I'm a football player, to be honest, I'm getting my money and I'm getting out fast. I mean, the the, sure. the day before um, Andrew Luck announced retirement, I saw a tweet from Leron McLean. Do you guys see this tweet? Where he, like yeah, a yes. call for help. That's also making that saying sense. like he needs help <laughs> yeah, because of all the concussions, all the hits to his head. And so, yeah. if I'm an NFL player, it makes perfect sense for me to get my money and get out as fast as possible when you still have your health. Yes. Um, and so, and so, I, 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 I totally get that, and um, and I, and that makes sense to me. On the other hand, I was thinking about this. Makes me think of Curtis Martin. I remember his Hall of Fame speech, right? Former running back. I remember his Hall of Fame speech. He said he really didn't love football that much, but he was just really good at it, and he realized he could make a lot of money, and he could do so much good with that money. So he kept on playing just so he could give his money to kind of positive, in positive ways, and that's the only reason he kept on playing. Yeah, and it reminds me of the former Raven, John Urschel. Yeah. Who came in, drafted well, was a good player, only played three seasons, and then retired. Not He wasn't even hurt or anything trying to – Get back from a hurt. He just had made enough money and was moving on to mathematics or whatever. So, uh, what's the NFL going to do to make this right? Like, they can't have their superstars retiring after uh, six or seven seasons. Um, and I looked it up. Andrew Luck got drafted in 2012. Our first season covering the Orioles in Section 336 was 2013. <laughs> so, right, it's, so we're not close. that much further away. Uh, we're not walking away from $100 million, but. Uh, Hey, how much money would it take for Andrew Luck to go play in the XFL in February? Because <laughs> that'd be a great troll job by the WWE. Yeah, right. I think, uh, you know, it, and I think Matt was getting to it, but, uh, you know, talking about the fans booing them, it, it was still fresh in their heads. You know, it was immediate news. You can't really fault them for booing when they just are getting that news on their phone in the middle of a game. Uh, I think anybody else would have handled it the same way. But also, in hindsight, I saw a couple of people tweeting this, how uh, Colts fans should be booing Colts ownership and Colts management for not getting Andrew Luck the kind of protection from uh, keeping him getting hurt all the time. Well, and it's even beyond that. It's all on Colts ownership and management because they needed to come in with a plan of this season. What if Andrew Luck is not ready to go? He was hurt. Uh, so they needed to be prepared in case he came back or couldn't come back this season. And they didn't really have much of a plan. So now they, they're they stuck with, all right, we don't have Andrew Luck. We don't have a backup that we're comfortable with. Or at least fans aren't comfortable with it. Ownership can say they're comfortable with this guy. But clearly the fans aren't comfortable Jacoby with him. Jacoby Bissett. 
Right. Um, and sorry, sorry for Raven fans, but uh, uh, what's it, McSorley? He is not the answer for the Colts. The Colts aren't going <laughs> to trade a bunch for him. No. People are jumping on Twitter saying, oh, McSorley's value just went up. Yeah, and it's right. Like, no, he had a good preseason game against like guys that are going to be cut next week. Sure. I think there's probably a lot of uh, second and third string backup quarterbacks who have had a pretty good preseason. They're not going to make yeah. any impact in the NFL. Right. There's there's NFL players that there's NFL quarterbacks who are retired uh, that have a better chance of starting for the Colts than McSorley. Yeah. Um, or I guess not retired, just couldn't find a team. So now they're sitting at home on their couch. It just seems to me just the timing is atrocious. Why? It sucks. Why don't you announce it at the end of last season? And then you nobody, your... nobody cares. No, everybody right. would totally understand. I mean, people two months ago, they're understanding now three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, but you have to understand it. Whereas you do it at the end of the season. He's like, look, I, my health, I can't, I can't do it anymore. My body's falling apart. Yeah, but at least he had, like, real reasons to retire. Not like the guy who signed with the Ravens and then the next day, Worley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Warlow, the inside he linebacker. He signs, signs with the Ravens. The next day, he says he's retiring because his wife is pregnant. <laughs> but his wife is due next month. Yeah. So it's not like it's a surprise that all of a sudden he found out he's going to be a dad. Yeah. So it's But it's the fact that Andrew Luck is this star, and he's he's a – good player that people it's hard to like not cheer for Andrew Luck sure well and the, the league is fraught with this sort of thing and every once in a while it's a big name like an Andrew Luck where a guy just steps away in his right. prime and uh you know people forget about it eventually but Barry Sanders yeah. gets brought up a lot uh uh Keyshawn Johnson walked away still young um so you know this is just the next one in a long line but it's a it's a pretty big one and I mean Andrew Luck coming out of college, number one overall pick. Uh, the the answer to Tate, Peyton Manning in Indianapolis, and uh, and he's done. Right, right, and that's the tough part is the Colts. This has kind of happened multiple times to the Colts with losing Manning and losing Luck. They're losing quarterbacks because they don't have an offensive line to protect their guys. Sure, uh, I saw one tweet that made me chuckle. That who would have known uh, RG three would have outlasted Andrew Luck in the NFL. I I don't know if we can did RG three even play in a game yet last year. I don't know if we can really count this last time, but he is getting a paycheck. He took a couple snaps. Uh when when Lamar Jackson became the full time starter, there were a couple series here and there where they were both on the field at the same time. That's true. I that's right. I do remember I do remember them uh trying to work it out with like him as like a in a wide receiver receiver position, yeah, or something, yeah, 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 trying to do some trick plays. Yeah, there's some trick plays with RG three out there, right? So, all the uh, stuff that, yeah. And as long as he's, I I don't know what his health condition is, but assuming he's still our backup quarterback, and I mean, hey, maybe we'll trade him to the Colts. <laughs> hey, there you go. But yeah, he's our backup. He's got like a finger injury that, but he's supposed to still be ready for week one. That's right. He uh he apparently, he hit a helmet he was, with his thumb or something. Right. Apparently, he was practicing this week. You know, there was a guy, have you been watching Hard Knocks this no, season? No, uh-uh. There was a guy that did the same thing where he went in a pile and he tried to punch to get the ball out of the pile mm. and he put his fist to the helmet because oh, no. like, apparently he just sucks at swinging a, a punch <laughs> and broke broke his hand. Hey, uh, I haven't been watching that Hard Knocks, but are they, do they touch it all in the whole uh, Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown controversy? Yeah, they do. They do. All right, I might have to tune that in then. They do. It's a little bit. It's like you want a whole lot more. You want the whole show dedicated to Antonio Brown. Oh, and, and they could the easily fill stuff. it. Yeah. Right. So, But it's a little bit. They're being respectful to the Raiders, but you you cannot cover that team and not get into it. No, it's a great storyline for a it show like it's that. A, it's a storyline that doesn't end. <laughs> like every, How many times have we read like this controversy's over Antonio Brown settled. He'll be at practice, and then another thing comes up. Yeah, hey, he's so somebody happened- I wouldn't care if he retired early. <laughs> right, right. So what happened to Matt? Did he like he lose his internet at his home? Apparently, he just sent a message. Sorry, lost internet trying to get it back working. <laughs> right, like is that like the Comcast just go out on him? You guys having a bunch of storms up there or something? I don't know. Uh, not at my house, but you know he's over on the Eastern Shore. You never know. Weird. That uh, would be that, a oh, first. A- but, it, but that's what I was gonna say. 
We've been doing this a while. We've never had one of us lose the internet. Uh-uh. And, I, and we've never had, like, a power loss or anything. Yeah, yeah. A knock on wood from my house, recording from home. We have never lost power once in this house since we moved into it. Nor internet, I don't think. Internet's been solid, so. Oh, really? I've seen, I mean, I've only been in this house for uh, 26 days, and <laughs> pow- power did flicker once. Oh, yeah? I do remember that. Uh, it's funny. I got a... Uh, I've got cable down here this week, and it's the first time I've had cable in a while, but I got cable simply because, for one reason, I don't know the area, so I wanted to start watching, like, local news. <laughs> so, and, uh, I mean, I want to watch football games and stuff, too, so there's reasons to get the cable. Sure. But my driving force was, I was really curious about Jacksonville local news, <laughs> because I'm so used to Baltimore and D.C., which are big markets, and Jacksonville's a small market. So I got the local news coverage. I'm I'm sure you're going to get a lot of great Florida man stories on your local exactly. news. And that was my thought. And I got, oh, I got a great eyewitness report today about, like, uh, people who dug holes in the park and now the water's not draining properly. And it was this whole news story. <laughs> Hate but, when that what happens. I've, but what I've been enjoying, I've watched the local news now a few times, and they start it every day. They start it the same. Hurricane watch or big oh. storm watch. And well, there is a big hurricane worse. watch going on right now, right? All right, there's this Doran thing, and I'll mention the Doran thing because Dor- oh, Dorian, D O R I N, yeah, that's it, I A N, something like that. And all right, so they've got like a hundred computer models on the screen, and they all push show them that it might turn into a hurricane, but either way, it's like going south of South Florida or or further south of these hundred lines. You know how they do the little line drawing? Sure. Like a hundred of them hit like Miami or further south. But there's one line that takes it up north, and this guy is focused on that one line and, <laughs> and freaking everyone out. They are worse than like when a blizzard's coming in, in Maryland. And they're like, this one line might be possible. We'll know by Thursday. So then they go into the hurricane preparedness and get your AAA batteries and all this. So they love the hurricanes down here as far as uh, the weather reporter. And the guy was doing this crouching pose to like – I'm telling you, you remember the old SNL El Nino skit? El Nino. That's what it looked like with this guy, but with no joke. Seriously. Like, he would crouch down and wave his hands in the path of the, turn- <laughs> of the hurricane. It's well worth my cable bill just to watch this guy's weather reports. Hey, Matt, you back. Yeah. yeah. How's that, how's that Eastern Shore internet? Yeah, I just lost internet here. Uh, Adley Rushman knows the struggle. I just lost internet here for a little bit, but I, you know, I did a little high-tech unplug plug back in and now i have internet again which and it, you guys moved on from the andrew luck discussion i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah but we i had were, a couple points i want to make and now i'm annoyed that i missed. we're gonna always go back to it all right just real quick yesterday my son silas he wanted a cookie for breakfast we got these like animal crackers type things you know yeah, yeah. and i said no because it's breakfast you can't have animal cookies for breakfast and he was all upset like screaming about it because he wanted animal cookies I said, no, you can't have that crackers, for breakfast. Crackers. Yeah, I call them cookies, but yeah, whatever. Animal crackers. But they're more like cookies than crackers, right? If we're being honest yes, here. Yes, they're sweet. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and thankfully, he didn't ask why, because then I really don't know why we eat certain foods for breakfast, and why is animal crackers not appropriate for breakfast? I don't really know, but I just feel oh, like it's you, not an animal at breakfast food. Yeah, don't look into, don't look into that whole, like, uh, Cheerios is part of a balanced breakfast. Because it's all total crap if you look that stuff up. Yeah, it was paid for it's by like, the cereal yeah. companies to. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Fruity Pebbles is part of a balanced cereal, a balanced breakfast, as long as you eat a balanced breakfast and then add, add Fruity Pebbles on top oh, of Fruity it. Fruity Pebbles, <laughs> straight sugar, Holmes. Um, but anyway, I said, you know, no animal crackers for, for breakfast. And then that afternoon, it was like 2 o'clock, right? And Silas was looking for a snack. My son Silas was looking for a snack. And, and, and my wife said, hey, Silas, you want some animal cookies? And so I said, yeah. And you know what, Silas, he, he was sit, standing over here, I'm sitting on the couch, he walks from the living room to the kitchen the whole time staring at me with a smug smile on his face because he thinks he won some kind of game because he's getting the animal <laughs> cookies now, you know, six hours later. And I was like, dude, it's a snack time, it's not breakfast time, you could eat the animal cookies. But he didn't care. He had a smug smile on his face the entire time he walked from the living room to the kitchen just staring at me like he beat me or something. My so you're saying Andrew Luck is like your son. <laughs> People on Twitter just love to gloat and love to be feel morally superior 
um, to other people. It reminds me of my favorite person to follow on Twitter, and you guys don't follow him because you guys are haters, but my favorite person to follow is Dan Clark. He follows me, I follow him, don't hate, we follow each other. And the reason I like Dan Clark is Dan Clark, in my mind, is what every person on Twitter is. People will post private messages of things Dan Clark says to them, and right. Dan Clark is a terrible human being in private chats to people. Like he says terrible things. He calls people trash and garbage and just right. cuts them down. But he'll go and, and on his Twitter account, he'll say, hey, guys, I love you all. We just need to start loving each other more. That's what he says on Twitter after he bashes someone on, on the messages in private. Right, right. And this is what I think every person on Twitter really is. Hey, so, you, so have you gotten into the private message discussions with him? No, because I really enjoy him. I have nothing bad to say about the dude. I think he's hilarious. Okay. And I, and I love that he represents all of Twitter. He's just more honest about it, I feel like, than most. But this is every Twitter fan would boo um, 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 uh, Andrew Luck in person, but then go on Twitter and say how they're morally superior and how they would never boo, uh, how, how they would never boo him. And so that's why that's what I, I, I like. Pe- uh, people are, 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 are two-faced. They're one way when they have time to think about it. And they have time to think about how they want to present themselves. And they're another way when they're just being themselves. And it's not really their fault. Like, they're not trying to be hypocritical. I don't think they are. It's just a human nature thing that you want to sound like you're good. And you want to pretend like you would be that good person who would say, No, people, don't, don't boo. I think he might be going through a lot mentally right now. So please don't boo him. I, I mean, everyone would love to think they're that person. But in reality, you, you would probably boo. Oh, yes. And honestly, yes. even now, after the fact, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm pissed off at Andrew Luck. Yes. Uh, because he was going to – he you know, your, your team is, 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 is in the dumpster now. You know, that's amazing. 20 years of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. 20 years of that. And they got one Super Bowl. Isn't that crazy? We, we, we have had Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer. <laughs> We've gotten two Super Bowls. In the time that the Colts have gotten one Super Bowl, and we haven't had a quarterback here. No offense, Joshua or Joe Flacco. Uh, so all this talk about you need a, a great quarterback to, to win. Well, the Colts have had two great quarterbacks and only one Super Bowl to show for it. That's crazy to me. And uh, and according to Lamar Jackson on draft day, he's going to bring us a Super Bowl too. Believe that. <laughs> and I do, Lamar. I'm all in. Yeah. All right. So that's that's all I want to say about Andrew Luck. And I'm I'm with you. I'm on the Lamar Jackson train. Um, they had a Lamar Jackson jersey for sale at Costco this week. I almost got it. Oh really? Yeah. Costco's killing it with the Ravens merch. Did they have an Adley Rushman jersey? Nope. Just Lamar Jackson. It's football season. I ordered a Lamar Jackson jersey. Did I tell you guys this? For four ninety nine, from. We sell jerseys for cheap, you. Cheap yeah. foreign jerseys. It's, D, it's called DH Gate, and it's like Chinese stuff. Yeah. So it was fifteen dollars, and it says it. it I ordered it August first, and it says it'll be delivered September twenty fifth. Oh wow! So, and it'll be a it'll be a slightly different purple than the actual Ravens. It may jerseys. be. One state might be longer than the other. How does the Chinese tariffs affect the cost of your jersey? Do you think are you paying some tariffs on that jersey? I don't think so because I'm ordering it straight from them, not through a business. But I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to ask Trump. It's not a business. It's tweet, just a... tweet at Trump, at Donald Trump. How's it going? Donald Trump, the Chinese guy with his uh, sewing machine. Right. Is no, he going to hand deliver to you, to your house? Yeah. No, I'm more focused on Trump dropping those nukes into these hurricanes to stop him from hitting Florida. I know, Josh. You should be concerned. The weatherman's worried about that one strand. He should be worried about a nuke. Forget the I one know. strand. Who knows what that nuke will do to those strands? Shoot. Is that one of the weather reports? Okay, if there yeah. were a nuclear bomb to be dropped on this hurricane, where would those lines go? That might be a good news. All right, right, right. I, I'd I, be more I, concerned about where, like, all the nuclear all the material fallout. gets yeah. blown all over the world. Well, yeah. Well, that's the that's the real question: is how is this even an option? And like, right, that's the real question: is we've got areas in like Japan and Russia that no one like can physically go to for decades, and yet we're talking about maybe putting it in a hurricane. But I love it, Tr- Chernobyl. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, it's, it's probably how we'll get an uh, uh, actual Sharknado. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, that'd be amazing. Sharknado is a real fear here. 
Chernobyl. And it would be like mutant sharks. Right. I couldn't watch Chernobyl in that, that document HBO. I had to like literally go in a different room every time they would show like one of the patients in the hospital. Uh, oh, the, yeah. It was brutal. Or, or the miners. Yeah, or the miners. Oh, yeah. That's a whole. <laughs> the miners. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> the whole the different, naked miners. Exactly. <laughs> to, to turn away. Yeesh. <laughs> but I, I, props to Trump, by the way, here, and then we'll get back to sports. Props to Trump. Most people have said, like, you can't defeat Mother Nature. This is like, you can only go so far, you can't defeat Mother Nature. Trump's like, whatever, let's go to war with Mother Nature. We can do this. <laughs> I like that attitude. We'll uh, defeat global warming that way, too. That's right. We'll drop a nuke right. on that. What's next? This blizzard? Can't stop us. Uh, all right, there, there's a lot of, I got some notes here, boys. A lot of Orioles stuff I want to get to. Okay. Oh, but we, we've done good. We've gone 26 minutes and haven't mentioned the Orioles. Uh, Jonathan VR, he joined the 2020 club. Uh, okay. I literally just saw that. I thought only old people watch 2020 nowadays, but okay. So you're trying to get me back into politics. No, I'm talking about 20 dongs and 20 steals. Right, in a stolen bases. They and don't call it steals. Steals. All right. Steals of bases. Yeah, he took theft of bases, 20 of them. Yes. 28. There's, He's got 28, actually. 28 somewhere in his apartment hiding. Yeah. Um, Jonathan VR has had more than this. He's had a huge second half. I, I'm really surprised that... Not really surprised. If I was... I'll say... I'll put it this way. If I was another GM, I would covet Jonathan VR. Like, I would want Jonathan VR on my team. He's, he's been great defensively. He adds speed. He can hit four power, as he's shown for this 20, 20 for 20 club. I don't really understand why there isn't a bigger demand for Jonathan VR or why there wasn't on the trade market. And hopefully, this means maybe he can be traded when the se- uh, in the offseason. Maybe that's what this is pointing to. But we'd have to pick out. up his option, right? Doesn't he hit arbitration or something this offseason? We don't just own him. Arbitration, yeah. Right, we'd have to pick up his arbitration and then trade him. Right, or uh, yeah. yeah, or we just let him go. Right, or, or you would just let let him go. But I don't think you're going to let him go. I think the arbitration price—I don't know what's going to be. I don't know what he's making this year, but I think he's worth it, whatever it is. It's not going to be anything insane. His arbitration. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was exciting, and uh... well, he only needs two more steals. And 10 more home runs to get 30-30. Right. That's why we have you on here, Bert, the accountant, to do that. I, <laughs> that's I, math. Right. Basic I just math. Hope, I hope he's like Willie Mays Hayes and has the gloves all up above his headboard for each stolen base. Yeah. Would you guys like to see Jonathan VR? He's, he's been actually really fun to watch. I, I'm, I, I, like him every, I like him more and more the more I watch Jonathan VR. Yeah, he's one of the few bright spots on this team. Yeah. All right. Um... September. Did you guys like uh, the Players' Weekend's jerseys? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's on my notes here, too. That's actually, I don't care about, you know, I don't care about jerseys. But I want to get Bert's take. Bert. You, um, you had to care about those. They were so bad. Black and white? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like didn't a bunch care of May, for them. Maytag repairmen running yeah, around was, out there. It was boring. I, I could understand it. if, like, one team chose black or another team chose white, but then you still got... The blue team, the red team, the orange team. Right. Like, that that's fun. But every single game you put on television, MLB Network or ESPN or whatever, they're all wearing the Black same uniforms. I Boring. Love, yeah, I love that it, they were saying, like, this is about the players. And they put them in white jerseys where you couldn't even read the players' nicknames or tell the players apart because there were no – you couldn't see the numbers because they went white on white. Yeah, those poor announcers listen to the game on the radio. They're trying to figure out who was warming up in the bullpen. Right. <laughs> forget about no, it. Forget they couldn't it. figure yeah. out who it was. Yeah, yeah. whose dumb idea was this? I kind of liked it because they were so horrendous. You know how something so bad it becomes funny and like just so yes. like a train wreck. That's why I thought the player weekend, uh, the, the the player jerseys were, were were a train wreck, and I always yep. kind of enjoyed train wreck. I think what they need to do is next year. I proposed on three three six daily that what I would do is let them players. Every player can kind of make their own jersey, but it's got to be like a throwback jersey of like their favorite player growing up. So, like, Jonathan Villar could wear, like, a Cal Ripken Jr. jersey and do something like that as a – as instead of nicknames, a different, like, player childhood hero or something weekend. I was fine. I mean, Players Weekend is a cool idea, but I liked 
you know, when they had like the bright orange jerseys like yes. that looked like little league uniforms. Uh, I thought that was more of the point. Little leaguers don't even wear all black or all white. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was silly. So it is, you're right. It is. It'll be. It's funny to laugh at, yeah. but uh, and it will be like, can you believe that year they had the black and white? Yeah, it was so it, dumb. it's never right. going to happen again because it's it no. so horrific. It's something the dumb white like was specifically when, horrific. Yes. Yeah, but like remember, uh, there, there's pictures float around from like the 70s where the Chicago White Sox wore shorts and like collared jerseys with you know like a polo shirt collar on it. Or when the Orioles wore all orange shirt and pants oh, but I like for a those. series or two. Oh, I do too. But like we can only like reminisce and joke right. about. Can you believe that the Orioles wore yeah. orange on orange for a while there? Yeah. Uh, right. This will be like the futures game. How that? Uh, that yeah, exactly. Nineties. That picture goes around the internet every couple of years of the cutoffs uh-huh. and the team names sideways on the shirt. Right. Right. They all look like moon men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're at the point. The jerseys were so ridiculous. I think they were better off as having each player dress up as their nickname. So, like having Richie Martin dress up, he's who was Rich Boy, dress up as I don't know a, a guy with kind of money all over him. Richie Rich. Yeah, Paul, Richie Paul Rich. fries out there as a box of fries. Yeah, as a box of fries. Like have them dressed up. I mean, you can just use your imagination for what yeah. Richard Blair would dress up as. You can use your imagination. Ha- but just have everyone right. dress up as, as their nickname. I think that would be cooler. Yeah. Or they should have a mascots weekend where they all wear the Oriole Bird mascot and play a game in the that- giant fur- furry costume. I mean, that's just as ridiculous. Big shoes included. Yes, that <laughs> would yes, be entertaining. Exactly. That would be amazing. Yeah. You saw the Oriole Bird had a nickname jersey. I saw that. That, the that duck. was that. Yeah, the duck. Thought that was the winner for for Oriole and nicknames. Hey, yeah, it was clever. Speaking of duck, which is closely related to the uh, chicken family, um, have you guys had the Popeyes chicken sandwich? No, I don't know where a Popeyes is down here. I haven't seen a Popeyes yet. You guys have heard the I, Popeyes chicken. Yeah, sandwich. yeah, yes. but there's no way it's better than Chick Fil A. I'm Everyone, trying not to buy into the hype. People yeah, are it's saying all hype. It is. People are saying it is. No, it's because people like to bash Chick Fil A. I don't know. I don't know. I know some pretty objective people here who objectively went into it and they said, oh man, Popeyes is better. Who's your objective source? I don't know. Some person, random person on Twitter I follow. Who <laughs> seems like a reasonable person. Yeah. I've never I'd seen someone on Twitter tr- with an uh, with a, uh, opinion. I'd be willing to try it, but uh, and, and there is a Popeyes fairly close to my house, but I've never gone to Popeyes before. Like, why start now? Just because the internet's telling me they have a great and chicken I'm, sandwich? What do you yeah. have against Popeyes, Bert? Do you not feel comfortable going to Popeyes? No, but it's definitely not my first choice for fast food. It's probably not my 10th choice for fast food. Well, that food. was before they had this chicken sandwich, though. It's not I guess, my first but, choice for chicken fast food. Well, you KFC? You a KFC yeah, man? I'm a, K- I'm a Royal Farms KFC oh, guy. Oh, really? Oh, you'd rather go to a gas station and get your chickens. Yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> gas station <laughs> Chicken. You don't have you don't even have Royal Farms down there anymore, Josh. No, but I found a Wawa. There you I did go. find a Wawa. It's about an hour from my home, but I found it. Oh wow! Uh, Taco Bell's my go-to every time, with Arby's shortly behind it. Arby's? Uh, oh, oh yeah. there's a there's a couple Arby's down here. I love Arby's. I they got understand. the beef. Curly fries, baby. Curly fries. Yeah, that's what the uh, thing with Chick Fil A though, and Chick Fil A is my, is my my go-to. But the waffle fries, I don't know. Is Popeye's doing some waffle fries? No, they so. got steak fries. At, at but they Popeyes. are open on Sunday. People right. got to eat on Sunday. Oh, I, I am tired of the of the uh, internet shtick with the uh, Sunday stuff and your biscuits are dry and everything going back and forth between all the fast food places on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they, so. uh, and Wendy's getting into that too. That's been that's been fun. Right. Right. But yeah, yeah we, we Wendy's Wendy's is pretty close to garbage in my opinion. Oh, I like Wendy's fries. That's fine. I see everyone bash Chick Fil A all the time, but then every time I drive by a Chick Fil A, no matter what time of day, every single time, there's a line around the building. So yes. I'm sure it's terrible, people. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. People love to bash them online and then go get in the drive-through. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Exactly. This is the same people who boo Andrew Luck and then go on Twitter and say you should never boo Andrew Luck. Exactly. Right. They're all they're all the same people. Yep. Uh, that's where are we at? Oh, hey, guys. You want to talk Orioles? Yeah, we're five days away, maybe six, depending on your calendar. We're six days away from September 1st. Yes. Okay. 
Um, that is, what does that mean? That means September call-ups. Mm. Uh, okay, last year of doing this, right? I don't know why I keep on saying that. It is. I don't think so. The rule changes in 2020. But I think there's still call-ups. No, I think you have a, a limit of a 26-man like, roster next year. All right. well, That's the whole point of the rule changing. They I'm, can't say, all right, we're changing the rule, but you can still do everything to the old rule. I thought you could call up more people. It's just that day you announced 26 who are playing or who can play. But you still mm. can call up however many guys you want. Don't ask Maybe. me. Right. Maybe. Anyway, Maybe you're that's, right. That's next year. Um, so the, the Orioles have some decisions to make. I think the biggest decision is, and we've talked about this before, is the Ryan Mountcastle decision um, about whether or not to call him up, I, I don't think I don't think they will. I, I mean, he's ready to be. He's he's having a huge offensive year at Norfolk, but you could point out things to hold him down. Like you could say he's only 22 years old. You could say he doesn't walk enough. You could say he's still learning a new position. He's been playing a lot of left field recently. You could say he's still learning a new position. So I actually I would love to see um, Ryan Mountcastle. But I would be surprised if they caught up their best hitting prospect at this point. I agree. Uh, and it, it would start the clock for him. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so why bother? Why, why start that early? Right. The question comes down to, will it benefit him to come up in September? No. Will it benefit the Orioles to have him in September? No. So why would you do it? I mean, it would benefit the Orioles in September. They're... But it wouldn't benefit him long term. Right. But they could probably win more games in September with him than without him. Maybe. Yeah. Only if he continues that. He's still trying to win baseball games. <laughs> right. Not if he struggles. The, the Orioles want to lose games, remember? What if we bring him up just for the Detroit series? And then, so we can win those games and send right. him back had, No, those no, are the ones we want to lose. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> we had a good weekend. We're now two and a half games back. Yeah, I uh, I went to the game Tuesday night and uh, I had a great time, but I was a little annoyed that we won. <laughs> <laughs> I know this was our first. Uh, I think it was our of the year, our first uh, home uh, home stand like winning home stand. Yeah, year. That's crazy. Um, we're gonna have some decisions to make. I think one of the biggest reasons Ryan Mountcastle won't be brought up is because of service time, and also because he's not on the forty man. So you would have to make room for him on the 40-man. Um, just throwing this out there, and I think that's going to be a big determinant of who gets called up and who doesn't. I don't think they're going to add anybody new to the 40-man. To 40 I think they'll just bring up guys who are already on the 40-man. Um, but this offseason, it's going to be interesting to watch because there's a bunch of guys who are not on the 40-man but who need to be put on there next year. Ryan Mountcastle is one who has to go on the 40-man by next year. Using the Diaz, I mean, this offseason, they got to put him on. Mountcastle, Yuzna right. Diaz, Dean Kramer, Keegan Aiken, Ryan McKenna, Co- Cody Sedlock are all guys who, if you don't want them to be picked, plucked up in the Rule 5 draft, they have to be put on the 40-man to be protected next season. So that's something to watch. Okay. Right. And you need to remove guys from the 40-man to make room for them. Because I think the only guy we're losing, as far as contract goes, is... Um, Trumbo. Trumbo. Yeah, I think everyone yeah. else, if you don't trade anybody, everybody else is coming back. So you would have to take well, some guys off the 40-man. Right. Yeah, and I don't, think, I don't think taking guys off the 40-man is going to be an issue. Like, you can count on one hand how many guys you probably want to keep on the 40-man. Yeah, it seems like a lot of those guys are pitchers, right? These, these Taylor Scotts yep. and these, these random pitchers that we have up here, these tie blocks that hopefully you find out who's okay and you can – I mean, I don't know if even we would take Taylor Scott off the forty man. I don't know if any team's going to pick him up anyway. Right. Um, so I want to get to that. I also wanted to get to. Um, you guys heard the name Toby Welk? Yes, he hit a home run uh, when I was in Aberdeen. Oh yeah, you mentioned him last week on the show. Yeah, yeah. Yep, second time we're talking about Toby Welk. Yeah, he has become, and he will continue to be. You're going to remember his name. He is the poster child. The face of the franchise, of course, is our boy Adley Rushman, who just caught up, right. caught, caught up to, to Marva. But the poster child for um, the rebuild and for Sig Meidel and all this technology. Why, why is he the poster child? I think he's the poster child. Um, oh, there, there was an article recently um, 
from the Baltimore Sun by a reporter named John Mioli. Who Never wrote, heard of him. Who wrote, who, who, who wrote, who wrote about him. Um, and by the way, there's a good quote by Sig Dallin here. I like, I don't, we don't hear, we never see Sig. We don't hear from him much. So I like when he gets, um, he gets quoted. Um, but anyway, there's an article about how this is, uh, to- to- Toby Welk was a Division Three player. And they took him in the 21st round. So they took him, tw- so, you know, not a high-drafted guy. A Division Three player. And I guess he came in with this coach, Eller, who was, uh, a minor league coach um, at in Hartford County, um, Hartford Community College, okay. and so and he's big on to the using like cameras on the end of the bat, all all this stuff, all the, all this tech technology. And there's a quote about him getting hired, which I thought was funny. Um, so it says uh, Eller was called by Michael Elias to be interviewed, um, and he came in to be interviewed. He said he was there for four hours, and this is his quote. I was there for four hours and basically told them uh, what I taught and how I taught it and my beliefs on things. They called me on the way home and offered me the job. So even before I got home, they called him, offered him the job. I, and he's the hitting coach in Del, Delmarva, by the way. And he says, I think that because they were kind of in a pinch, honestly, and it was January, they needed a guy, and I just happened to fall on their doorstep. And so he is the, um, I think his official title is like the hitting, the minor league hitting coach. Um, and uh, I said, I thought we were firing everyone and replacing them with computers. Yeah, we can get to that. Is it a real guy we're uh, talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, he, this guy's coach is really into launch angle and stuff, and so he's changed Welk's swing. And I guess Toby Welk was tearing it up, uh, t- tearing up in Aberdeen. Uh, Bert saw him hit a home run. Everyone's talking about Adley Rushman being promoted to, to Marva and making that jump, but actually Welk, the twenty-first rounder was also promoted to Damarva because he has just been crushing it in, in at Aberdeen. So he was promoted as well. And so we'll see. Like, he's changed his swing. He's super into the, into the technology, into launch angle. And so we'll see how this takes Toby Welk, a 21st-round pick from a Division three school, and how it transforms him. Here is the quote by Sigma Dell that I wanted to share because I just love it when Sigma Dell talks. It makes me laugh. Here's his quote. It says... Um, the scoreboard is an accumulation of runs. It doesn't matter how or from who you got those runs. If it's from an overweight shortstop with the yips or a Division three player from a school nobody has heard of, the scoreboard is ignorant of that. It's our goal to do all we can to maximize runs, and sometimes the opportunities are in unusual places. Nice. So props to Oros for finding this guy in Division three in a school no one's ever heard of, and props um, to... Uh, Welks for embracing this technology and it looks like so far it's been really successful. So um, And they talk about like cave best data. You got to read the article to see all the Technological jargon they use here. There's a, a paragraph in here about woozle wuzzle, which Bert might find oh, interesting sweet, sweet. Um, uh, But Toby Walk, I think it's going to be kind of the face of this um, technolo- technological movement um, Well, when when I was in Aberdeen uh, Adley Rushman the golden boy was batting second Playing DH, but batting third was Toby Welk. And Rushman got a single in his second at-bout, and Welk come in right after him and uh, hit a home run, drove it in, two-run homer. Yeah, and again, this is a 21st-round guy from this year's draft yeah. from a Division three school. So that's a cool story. So watch Toby Welk as a guy to watch along with Adley Rushman. Uh, hey, uh, since uh, Rushman got promoted to uh, Delmarva, do you think um, my – Rushman Ironbirds card is worth more now. <laughs> Maybe when he makes the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, right. Just hold <laughs> to bust out this uh, one right. card I got from his uh, short stint in yeah, Aberdeen. Good, good thing he didn't buy a jersey. <laughs> Though Damarvo's already posted on their on their website that they're selling jerseys. Is he at oh, least sure. keeping the same number moving from? Uh, oh, good question. I don't affiliate know. to affiliate. He was thirty-five. He was thirty-five in Aberdeen. I right, because I know you the... could buy thirty-five like Oriole jerseys online. Mm. I don't know why you would. But you're assuming he'll stay thirty-five. Yeah, I remember right. people did that with Bundy, and then Bundy changed his number. Yeah, it's a risk. I think Gosman switched once or twice too. Yeah, Gosman did. Yeah, he everyone did. but everyone but Zach Britton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> because he was too afraid. <laughs> right, right. Um, Josh, you you, you mentioned in passing. Um, Eller is the guy that still works for the Orioles, but there's a lot of guys today who don't work for the Orioles. That yeah, was it uh, Friday night? 
Friday evening, they fired 11 guys. Friday news dump. Yeah. And it's interesting if you look at it because we all expected this a year ago. And we were surprised that he didn't fire more people when Elias first came on board. So now he's firing him now. And if you look back at when he went to Houston, they did the same thing. He fired a whole bunch of scouts and replaced them with computers, basically. And analytics guys, people and, who can see yeah. video and analyze video right, without having right. to go in person. Exactly. Sure. Nerds. Yeah. Nerds in, in the basement brought in and instead. And now they have even a and a smaller staff, like fire yeah. 11 scouts and replace them with two analysts. Correct. And, and they get like the same amount of work done or more. Oh, yeah, because if you sit there and just watch video as opposed to having to travel from city to city, exactly. it's cheaper sure. and uh, less bodies. Right, right. So that's now what the Orioles are, gonna, are doing in the you process think, of doing. Josh, you think there's any connection between that announcement on Friday and that morning or maybe the day before that morning it was announced that the Orioles owe the Nationals about $300 million dollars you think those moves are related? All right. Well, the real story is that we've already paid $200 million, and then there's, arbit- there's some type of negotiation or something that's got to go on. So it's really somewhere between seventy and $100 million that the Orioles got to pay. And we're not paying that right now. There's still a bunch of appeals. Right. But yeah. So, all right. So if you say 11 scouts and say they're each making $100,000. Mm, no way to- a scout's making that much. I know, but that's the only way the math works. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, a scout's making $50,000. All right. Fire them all. Buy two computers, and you'll be all right. I don't know what a scout makes, but uh, I yeah. mean, it's no surprise that they I would fired them. Between, yeah, yeah. Disappointed to see friend of the show, Trip Norton, as part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we, I agree. Like, I thought this would all happen right when Elias was hired. Um, but I think the timing now is because he wanted guys who knew the team as he was brand new. I mean, you can't fire every single person. Um, but the timing makes sense now as I think he's trying to help people get a job for next year. This gives it kind of a oh, head that's start. True. In finding, and if you wait till the end of the season, it's like a mad rush. Uh, what, what do you do? Now you have time to kind of prepare and get ready. And right. so I think so Michael like Elias the, is helping them out by doing it now. It's a complete opposite of Andrew Luck. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. So uh, the the average MLB scout makes three, I would say uh, forty thirty nine thousand. Yeah. Uh, with the top ten percent making around fifty thousand. Seventy five percent of them make around forty four thousand. That's crazy. That is crazy. You're uh, out there it? looking for the guys that you're going to pay a uh, hundred million dollars to, and uh, without you, you don't get those guys. But they're only going to pay you forty thousand. Well, remember, they're only paying the, the minor league players like seven bucks. Yeah. You know, I bet, I bet Peter Angelos had a big smile on his face, not because of the Masson decision, but because here's a guy who refused to invest in international scouting just because he didn't want to pay for international facilities or national scouts. So here, here's his new general manager firing a bunch of people because he says he can get the job done with less people. I bet Peter Angelos can appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. And uh, they got computers internationally, too, so we can still do international scouting without having to send anybody down there. Yeah. All right, just send a couple of GoPros. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so they fired 11 people, and they saved... Including uh, Showalter's son. Yeah. But, come on, he was like a... He's a young guy. He was like an intern or something. He's a scout. It was all different levels of people, because, like, Tripp was like an executive, like, director of baseball or something. Yeah, director of baseball so operations. He's probably making a little more than 40000 One would hope. But they cleared, they probably cleared fifty million or something, firing no. those guys. No, they cleared nothing. No, they, no, not fifty million. Sorry, they they didn't clear. They cleared like fifty thousand. I don't know. I'd have to do the math. <laughs> I did the math. I did the math, and then I confused myself. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, right? Because yeah, I think I think they cleared about fifty million. No, they didn't, I, Josh. That's an insane amount of money. No, that that doesn't make any sense. Eleven employees. That'd be like if uh, they 40... traded Chris Davis. No, that you're thinking no, five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. They cleared half a million. There we go. That's okay. the math I was looking That's for. That's different from five hundred. If that, they're really uh, worried about the money, Bert's right. They they get rid of Chris Davis yeah. in some way that they get the money back. Well, It'd have to be yeah, like that's not going to happen though. They have to. What about blackmail? What if they catch? Chris Davis with steroids or something. Sure. And can they void the, void the contract? Why don't they fire him into a hurricane? 
I think Chris Davis has just as good much of a luck as a nuke as, as ending a hurricane. Yeah, I mean, and you also got to take into account that they're going to hire more people in the office. Maybe not as many, but more people. Yeah. And maybe these people will be better paid than scouts as well because, and I, I would assume they would be, because they are um, more sought after. They have specific like computer technological skills, which are, are in higher demand. So I assume yeah. a computer analyst guy will make more money than a scout, right? And so maybe, I don't think this really saves that much money at all. I don't think there's nothing to do with saving money. It's about a philosophy of an organization, how you want to run your team. That's what this is about. Yeah, I kind of agree. You're right. Plus, have you seen the price of like MacBooks recently? They're not going to save any money. Computers are expensive. Maybe all that software they put on them. Oh, do you see what's not expensive though? The uh, the, the Orioles September package. All right, the, the so you're talking about the thirty dollars. To, for uh, get you in the ballpark for any games this season. Every any home game, game in, in the month of September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, we've talked about this before because we've seen other teams do it. Right. And it's a great idea. Yes. The only thing that I'm bothered with is think of the great PR the Orioles could have gotten if they would have said, and season ticket holders get this for free. Because uh-huh. it doesn't hurt them, but then it would take away the argument of the fact that $30 for the month is less than what we pay to go to, like, one game. Yeah. With seats. Well, because but the, the, the only people that are still going to the games are, are the season ticket holders. Right. <laughs> right. So you give them – they should have gave the, given this to season ticket holders for free because maybe they'll come to a few extra games. And this is, the whole point of this is really get you in the door so you buy beer and food. Right. That, I think it's a cool – yeah, go ahead. Well, it's standing room only, but no one goes to the game, so you're easily going to find a seat and sit down. Yes. My thing, I think it's a cool idea if I didn't already have two ga- tickets to two games in September that I feel like I kind of have to go to. Uh, I would maybe take them up on it. But the other thing is, yeah – you get you in the door, but you're still going to spend, you know, 30 to $40 on concessions while you're in there. Uh, you know, maybe reduce the price of beer that, uh, the same price I can get it. If I go to my neighborhood bar, well then I'll come down to the stadium, you know, half a dozen times in September and, uh, buy the beer down there and watch baseball. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this and what would be a cool move by the Orioles. What now while they suck is take Utah street and that flag court and the and the uh, Legends Park, and leave that open like they do during the winter. You know how during winter you can just walk out there. Uh-huh. They should just leave that open. You don't need a ticket to go to Utah Street, and put your ticket vendors to go to actual seats. Uh-huh. I think that'd be an interesting move. Now, Josh, if you hadn't moved to Florida, would you be take up on that thirty bucks to just be able to go down there anytime you want? I'd I'd consider it. Yeah. Yeah. I I I mean. It seems like Again, it'd be like right up your saying, alley. Yeah, it is. Because what I loved about being close enough to Camden Yard is those last-minute decisions. Right. Of just, oh, I'm going to go to the game. And for 30 bucks, I might go, if it's a nice weather out, say, hey, I'm just going to go catch three, four innings. Then I'll come back. <laughs> That's how I go to every or, game. Or, <laughs> or, right, right. Or what I think it's going to be taken advantage for is I'm going to go get the giveaway item, and then I'll head home. Right, yeah, and a good giveaway in September, that's worth your 30 bucks right there. There's, there's probably at least one giveaway that'll get you your 30 bucks back on eBay. They always do a bunch right at the, uh, at the end of the season on uh, Fan Appreciation Weekend. So I don't right. know what they are off the top of my head. but I'd be curious if anyone actually does this and what their sales are for this. Because this assumes that the reason people aren't going to games is they don't want to pay the money. I think they don't want to go to the games because the team sucks. And so I, I don't know how many people will actually do this, will pay the 30 bucks. Um, I mean, if we weren't season ticket holders, again, I might consider it, but probably not because the team sucks. Um, and because Baltimore's a n- not a safe city to walk at night by yourself. So th- those two... <laughs> You're just begging for trolls. Right, right. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I guess you applaud them for the idea. Uh, but I guess this, everyone who says like, they're not going to the games because they're too expensive... Well, here's a chance to say, okay, like prove it. Uh, go ahead and buy your, your $30 C 
season pass. Um, but oh, yeah, and I mean, by the way, the return, I guess. <laughs> the giveaways in September suck. Oh, for real. They're, they must have had this plan because there are no giveaways until the very last season, uh, the very last series where you have a Sherpa blanket and a retro T-shirt mm. on September 21st and 22nd. Well, that must be Fan Appreciation Weekend. Right, must be those things. Which usually, in the, like I said in the past, that that's usually been a good weekend of giveaways. Uh, I remember we got a, a knit cap that I still wear when the weather cools off. But you're right. The, to get people, the people who are going to the games now are people who actually care about the Orioles and see the long-term plan or have and just enjoy that baseball. They can't get back. Yeah. Well, that's exactly <laughs> my point. Is all those people are season ticket holders. Yeah, and this does. That's why. If they would have given this away to free the season ticket holders, then I would have definitely gone to more Oriole games, be, saying if I was in town, if you guys had this for free, you'd probably go to more games once in a while, especially, say, September 1st, and you hear that they're calling up uh, some guy. Oh, my you gosh. Josh, just, Josh, you are what? so obnoxious sometimes. Here the Orioles found you something that is like – Perfectly down your alley. You you love these subscription things where you can go as much have, as you want. You did with the movie. Like this is totally yeah. your thing, and yet you're still finding something to criticize. Oh my gosh, you're obnoxious. I have <laughs> praised the Orioles on everything they did this season. I've also complained for years that they treat season ticket holders like crap for the amount of money that we pay each year. Hey, to, uh, we we got an orange pass. We get discounts every time Burt buys a beer now. Heck yeah. And believe me, true. I take advantage of that 15%. How much, how much money have you saved this year on, on beer, Burt, with your discount? Hey, Probably the equivalent of at least one beer. <laughs> have you guys seen the season ticket holder members only bobblehead that they're giving away, that you can get? No. What is it? All right. It's a... Oriole bird, like doing the country boy overalls oh, and uh, and, vi- yeah. and fiddle. It looks cool, but guess how many we get since we have four season ticket holders? One. We get one. Yep. One for, for our one parking because pass. they love to treat their their well, season it, ticket holders. I think it goes on the car, and you just have one parking pass, so it goes and it goes on the the dash of the car. Now, parking pass is uh, is optional. <laughs> we have I, to pay uh, extra I, for that. I used our family season tickets uh, last Tuesday. And took my son, and uh, we didn't even go up to Section 336. But we stayed for the entire game, which I hadn't done at all, all season. Stayed till the very end. Hey, I saw that was pretty cool, Bert. You actually had that whole playground area. Yeah, it was all dead. All by yourself. I've never seen it like that before. It was dead. Like, not just the playground, but the whole stadium, pretty much. Uh, yeah, we hung out around Utah Street, went to the bleachers for a couple innings, went to the Statue Park. Albie got a baseball again. How do you do that? Uh, I've never gotten a baseball my entire life. I'm, I know. I'm 35 years old. We went I, to Aberdeen on Saturday, and he got a baseball. Then to Camden Yards on Tuesday, and he got another baseball. How, how, how did you get this baseball? Uh, we were in out by the bullpen, and a couple pitchers were throwing balls up there, and somebody else caught it and gave it to him. Oh, man. Yep. No one's ever given me a ball. I know. You just got to look adorable, I guess. I'm pretty adorable. Hey, guys, uh, 336er Corey uh, Fronten just tweeted at us saying he just bought a new O's cap. Should he write Corey under the brim like Fancy Clancy style? He wants to know our opinion. What do I tell him? Yes or no? He's got a little poll for us. I don't. I own a ton of caps, ton of Orioles caps. I don't have my name written. Yeah, I mean, if it's good enough for Clancy, it's good enough for me. So I say, yeah, I, I say do it. And then, But that means if you're like, if you want to do it and kind of be a thing and really show it off, you got to put the bill straight George Sherrill style and maybe even flip the bill up so people can see. Right. Your Remember, name when it needs Clancy, bill. Clancy is flipped up style. Right. And you got to you got to really do some work to get your brim up that way. I, I don't know how exactly how that works. Yeah. See, I'm not going to do that, but I'll, right. I'll write it on the underside in case, you know, we all throw our hats in the air after we win the World Series. Mm. And then you got to find it on the ground. You know which one was yours. Oh, that's right. smart. Well, <laughs> A plan ahead. Yeah. And if everyone has that, you can all kind of talk and figure out and pass them around and figure out who's here. Right. I got I Tom got over here. I got Tom. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's how it goes. But I will be canceling my Orioles season tickets because they did not open this 30-game plan thing, $30 plan up to season ticket holders. This is where you draw the line? Are this you is, no longer be a fan of the Orioles? I am a fan of the Orioles, but I will not subscribe to their season tickets for next year. I refuse to be uh, – 
brought into this anymore. Okay, well, Bert and I will still be there. Yeah, yeah and I'm going to be, be needing to borrow some of those tickets once in a while. Hey, I want to make one other point, and then we'll get out of here. I meant to mention this about firing everybody. Uh, There's been a lot of pushback by reporters, both local and national reporters, that when you fire all these scouts and you fire Trip Norton, director of baseball operations, you're firing a lot of guys with, to quote them, institutional knowledge. Um, mm. Do you guys think there's a case to be made here that you should have some players, oh, two points, that you should have some players remaining uh, or some management people remaining throughout the shift, just people who have been with the Orioles a while or been with scouting a while? Do, do, do you need these people or is this kind of a made-up thing? And also, my second point is, through all this, the thing, my biggest takeaway was Rock, I think in one of these tweets, I thought I remember reading, that Brady Anderson is still like actively working for the team. Yes, he is. Which is amazing that Brady Anderson has survived all this, these firings. That's well, kind of amazing. It shows that it pays off to be friends with the boss. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's it, true. Am I missing something? When you say institutional knowledge, the first thing I think of is like in the NFL where you pick up your upcoming opponents, like third string running back off of waivers because he knows the other team's playbook and you're hoping to get some information from him. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean more like you know the Orioles organization, you know kind of the institution of baseball. I mean, I don't know exactly what this means because um, these are what reporters are saying, but like you've been around the game and you've been around the team a long time. So you've kind of accumulated like like what, what the reporters are concerned about also is like that this is maybe a little bit ageism going on here where old people are getting pushed out for younger people. Like, is there a place for kind of older people who've been around the game for a while, been around the team for a while to bring in their kind of unique knowledge? Or are we okay handing the reins over to a bunch of 25-year-olds? Right. I think under the Mike Elias realm, uh, or helm, uh, I think, yes, you have to. It's his kingdom. Yeah, yeah, his kingdom. Uh, I think that's the way it, it's got to be for this organization. You know, for for years, we were always hearing from outsiders how the Orioles are impossible to deal with or, you know, they're uh, you're you're dealing with dirty money with the Angelos family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those guys may, you know, whether there's any truth to that or not, but they're not, not part of the future of this organization. And uh, Elias has made it clear that it's his ship. And uh, he's got a plan. He's setting it into motion. He's not really wasting any time. It hasn't even been here a full year yet. And we're all seeing, already seeing some major changes. So um, I don't have a problem with it. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, if this was another job, like if this was in the teaching profession, these guys would never be fired because teachers don't get fired, nor does anyone's teaching profession get, get fired. There's no, there's no tenure for baseball scouts? No. But what we would do if they weren't doing a good job or if we wanted to move them to go in a different direction we would just retrain them to do something else. Mm. Uh, but there's no retraining going on with Trip Norton. They're just showing him the door. Josh, why won't they just retrain Trip Norton to learn about some of the sabermetric stuff as opposed to showing him the door? You know, there was a controversy a few months ago about this whole retraining where people were going out and telling all these minors that are losing their jobs, let's just teach them how to code. Yeah. They can do tech stuff. Yeah. I think it doesn't work that way. I Mm. think it's harder than you say. And I think that these guys, I think many of these guys have been around baseball long enough that they can go and get a office job with another team. Call up my boy, Andy McPhail. Right, right. Right None of us would be surprised to see a guy like Trip Norton, who's been with the Orioles forever and worked his way up the ranks to go work for the Phillies. Yeah. Well, and isn't another way, just in any line of business, when you're trying to phase out the older generation, you just change the rules, you flip the script, you update things uh, to the point where it makes them uncomfortable and they just retire. They can't take it anymore. <laughs> right, true. just send them out to pasture. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I'm too old for this stuff. Well, I, I could have I keep done doing it under the old ways. For another 10 years, but I'm not learning a new system. I'd rather retire. What's just Gmail nonsense? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. We wrote notes back in my day. If you want something, call me. What's just Gmail nonsense? <laughs> right, so these, these scouts, they can, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see as baseball is all moving in this direction of analysts over scouts, of where the scouts go to. 
Like, do they look and see, like, all right, what's a horrible team that's still using scouts? Or do they go to, like, <laughs> colleges? Colleges will always need recruiters to try to, to try to bring baseball players in instead of the baseball draft. So yeah, I mean, if you, want to, look at the get if you want to look at the positive side for scouts, they're only making $39,000 a year. I think they could find another job for $39,000 a year. Yeah, right. Dick's sporting good. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's paying nothing. So right. maybe this would be a good thing. And they can actually find a job that pays them money. Right. I don't know what minimum wage is now, but I know there's a push to make it $15 an hour. Yeah. And that's close to what those scouts are making. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And they'll get to spend more time with their families, and I'm sure their wives will like that. Prepare for death. <laughs> yeah. They're really in the same boat as Andrew Luck. They can spend time traveling. <laughs> it's coming full circle. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, right. the life of a scout, you know, you torn labrum and... Uh, Cracked ribs and <laughs> all Concussions. the things. That, yeah, What's Andrew that? Luck keeps suffering, especially right. before that? they put all the netting in all the minor league stadiums. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dangerous, yeah. dangerous out there. What's the Clint Eastwood scouting movie where it's like the old trouble with the curve? School? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the curve. Pro- pro- problem with the curve. Bad News Bears. No, no, it's a real movie. It's a, it's a more modern movie than Bad News Bears, oh. but it, it's that's basically what we're seeing here. Is the old school guys who, hey, they got another year, but you know they had to have a year to prepare. You know they had to see the writing on the wall as soon as Michael Elias came to town. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they should. They should be shaking their heads after the first purge when Elias was first hired and said, "Whoa, I'm still here." Right, right, <laughs> right. I'm sure they made some phone calls this season saying, "Hey, in case I'm available." Yeah, and Elias has come out and said he's going to try to help these guys land other jobs. And so hopefully uh, now, uh, jobs. as a fan and a podcaster for the Orioles, I'm a little concerned that uh, Michael Elias might start purging the fan base next and be <laughs> like, look, you're all losers. You, we can get better fans than this. Uh, you guys, boo Chris Davis. We want to bring yes, fresh blood in. Go cheer for a different team. We don't need you. <laughs> I, I might be okay with that. I think there's some people we can purge. I think there's some people in the press we can purge, too, if we really want to do everything aligned to the Orioles. I don't know. I, if you want to purge the fans, good luck finding other people to cheer for this team. Good right. luck to you, Michael Elias. And have you seen right. some of the Orioles twi- uh, Twitter sphere? Like, we're, there's some snarky folks out there. I wouldn't try to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if I was Michael Elias, this is what I would spend my energy and power on, cleaning up Orioles Twitter. <laughs> More gifts. More memes. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. Josh, play yeah. my music. M- music's been playing. Don't do this to me. You played music at the beginning of the show to show the buttons were working. Yes. And now all of a sudden, music's been playing. Don't give me that nonsense. I'm on your trip. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening to another awesome edition of Section 336. We are Bonner's Best Sports Talk. You can follow us. You can find our show every uh, Monday night or Tuesday, whenever it comes out, on iTunes. You can also follow us for updates on Twitter at Section336Show. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, just search for Section336. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rohde. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go... Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. (laughs) 